Welcome back, y'all. This is the Dynasty Duo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, CJ Krause. As always, here with my good friend, Tyler Karp. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm good. Uh, I'm doing the Trade Addicts 8 rookie draft right now. <laughs> rookie draft season is kind of coming to mostly an end. This is it, pretty much it for me. So, yeah, that, that's kind of what's going on. Yeah, it's definitely subsided for me. Most of mine are done. A couple of them are finishing up. I got a couple that will do it way later, but that's something to worry about. But on today's show, we got some cool things coming up. We have a couple signings. Well, one picked off waivers, one signing to talk about that's really interesting. And I want to get your opinion on that one. Then we're going to be talking about our sleepers that we aim for in that late third, early fourth, or picking up off waivers after your rookie drafts end and talk about some players that got really affected by this NFL draft season. Without further ado, let's just hop in the news. So Tyler's been calling for this for a while. He knew somebody was going to Philadelphia. So what happened was carry on Johnson, carry on my waiver. Someone was cut by the Detroit lions and picked up off waivers by the Philadelphia Eagles. What does this do to that running back room? Nothing, nothing. It, it does nothing. I carry on is completely washed. Can't stay on the field. His knee, he's Mr. Knee brace does nothing i mean maybe it'll push jordan howard off the roster i think carry on is is done i have no interest really at all yeah right now they have five running backs of note on the roster that have done something to an extent they have their miles sanders they have the jordan howard they have kenneth gamewell they've carry on johnson and they have boston scott i don't think they're gonna be keeping all five when it comes to season so who do you think the odd men out on there probably jordan howard uh, he doesn't have any guaranteed money in his contract. He's obviously done. I mean, I don't know. I this. I still think that there's some way they could do something better because I'm just not happy with what they have there. But yeah, I mean, Sanders is going to make the team, obviously. Yeah, he's uh, the one. He's well, the lock. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, Gainwell. Yeah, obviously, and then Gainwell is obviously going to make the team. I, I would expect them probably to keep Scott. So really comes down to carry on and Howard. Yeah, I think, I think they're playing the backup role to Miles Sanders for the running part of it. Because Boston's got some more of the pass-catching back that him and Kenneth Gain will probably take over that load, whoever wins that camp battle, if I yeah. Had to guess. Yeah, I mean, it Nothing is exciting. We don't care. We, we don't care about this. It, the only thing that could matter is if Kenneth Gainwell is really that good, he could carve out a role behind Miles Sanders none of the other guys are going to carve out any role behind Miles Sanders. They'll only be relevant if Sanders is injured and then we'll see what happens. Which, which happens almost every year, really. It happens, but then, then we didn't want anyone. We didn't want anyone when Sanders was injured. We didn't want to start running backs from this team. So I'm not chasing this really at all. I, I don't want these players. It just means I don't want any of them. I'll whatever on Sanders. I, I wasn't that high on him. Still not that high on him. Gainwell, I mean, whatever, again, like, it's a bad rookie class. Take him if you want, but I don't know. Your, your mood has shifted so much on Gainwell in the past week. I love, I mean, I loved Gainwell as a prospect, right? Like, 
but he the went situation fifth matters. Round. Fifth rounds, fifth rounds says backup. Fifth rounds says backup, or at best. So I mean, you got to change your mind. It, the NFL draft capital tells you that it's time to to take those pre-draft opinions and throw them out and change them. That's what you got to do. Yep. So not too much time on that one, but if you have a carry on, someone wants some trading for whatever you can get. That's kind of the moral of that story. Moving on to someone else that we didn't think we'd be talking about in the NFL again, except for a couple days ago. Tim Tebow seems to be going to the Jacksonville Jaguars to play tight end and mentor uh, Trevor Lawrence. What is going on in Jacksonville? We don't, we don't care. We, we don't care about this. Th this just shows me that uh, I, I don't know. Do we care about Tim Tebow? No. Just ignore this. This is nonsense. Don't go pick up Tim Tebow off your waiver wire. Don't like. Don't spend fab on him. Don't don't even bother. Oh, oh, an over thirty year old renovated from playing minor league baseball into a tight end. Yeah, it's an it's just an interesting story. That's the biggest thing. I just don't see anything like a Gronk command retirement last year. I don't see anything close to that because they're not even comparable. But I see people being like, oh, he can come back and be useful as he's a good football player. That's a pipe dream. Come on. Like, come on. No, 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 no. Uh, okay. Enough about that since there isn't too much to go about. Don't don't waste your fab. If you're the deepest of rosters, I guess try to get him. But most likely someone else will want him more than you. That's the biggest moral of the story. Let's just go right into the next stock. There isn't too much news. Let's uh, let's try to wake up some sleepers. So Tyler, each of us have two guys we want to talk about in our sleeper list. Those these are guys that you can take in a fourth round flyer, fifth round if you have it, or a lot of times these guys end up on waivers with this one. But Tyler, I'm gonna start with you. Who is your first super deep guy that you're stashing on your taxi squad or picking up off waivers? I mean, it's not that deep, but I would recommend going and drafting Cornell Powell. He was drafted by the Chiefs. You got like they didn't draft anyone else. This is this is a wide receiver. This is what they did. This is what they drafted. We know from the last two seasons, I was actually just writing about it before we started. Nicole Hardman is not really a full-time player. It's possible that Cornell Powell could carve out a role in Kansas City's offense. And, you know, we, we want players that play with Patrick Mahomes. I, I know the odds are against him. We know that Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey just kind of eat up everything. But if you're going to take a shot on someone, take a shot on the guy playing with the best quarterback. Yeah, it's definitely a good shot to take. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to hit by any means, but we're talking about someone playing with Patrick Mahomes. There's no Sammy Watkins there now. That wide receiver room is desolate outside of uh, Tyreek Hill. So it, he could be something. I, I don't know too much about him. Honestly, I didn't really scout him. I didn't expect much from him. But anybody landing in that spot in an Andy Reid offense is someone you got to take note of and definitely worth a fourth-round flyer. Yeah. <laughs> so someone I've been picking up everywhere, mostly because he's cheap or free, and he has the same draft capital as the guy that's playing ahead of him right now is Jared Dokes. So a lot of people don't know about it. I think he automatically jumps Salvin Ahmed. The only one to worry about is maybe Malcolm Brown, but he's literally, we did a 14-team four-rounder. He went to waivers. So I probably own him in 90% of the leagues because he has the seventh-round draft capital, pretty decent measurables. And the uh, Miami Dolphins, 
have Gaskin, who also was a seventh round pick, and Gaskin did great last year. So I think almost anyone behind that line will do well. So if Jared Dokes can do well in training camp, maybe he can carve out a spot because there's no draft capital involved in any player in that running back room. What's your opinion on Dokes? I mean, I'm always trying to get a running back in an uncertain situation. We know that Gaskin struggled with, uh, he missed some time last year. He's only a seventh round pick, like you said. I'm fine taking a shot on Dokes. I wouldn't expect anything, just like I wouldn't expect anything from any of these people that we're going to talk about. But yeah, I mean, if you want a late round flyer with a path to playing time, that's uh, that's a good way to, to go about it. And I um, I don't know, I just, I don't think he's very good. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe he'll see the field. I, I didn't think that Miles Gaskin was any good, and he, he saw the field. When Salvan Ahmed replaced him, I thought he, he was pretty bad, and he produ- he put up numbers in the offense. So, you know, maybe Dokes can be that next guy. Who, who and, yeah, and Salvan Ahmed's measurables compared to Dokes is Dokes is better almost across the board, which is not saying much. Realistic, we're talking about seventh round picks here. No. But the reason being, it shows that line and shows that offense can produce running backs from almost anywhere. So if I have a shot on somebody I'm picking up off waivers for free that could be a starting running back, that's someone I'm aiming for. Or use my like late fourth, something out as a throwaway yeah. almost. So that's someone I'm probably having 90% of my leagues just because of that potential. And if that one hits, you can flip him for a second. You can be a usable bye week or just someone you're starting if you're weak at running back and something that costs you literally almost nothing. So I like your next guy here, Tyler. This is someone I'm interested in, another guy I'm using a lot of my later round picks on. I'll let you introduce him, though. Who's your other sure. sleeper that we're talking about? Let's talk about Brevin Jordan. We got to talk about Brevin Jordan. He fell in the draft. He went in the fifth round. He I fell so of... far. I was so I know. surprised. I, like, I thought he would go on day two. He's a really good tight end prospect. Maybe he didn't put up the numbers at his pro day that we wanted to see. But I just don't understand. He's got good hands. So, yeah, and why he fell to the fifth round. It, other tight ends that went ahead of him, I mean, we have a bunch of nobodies who went ahead of him that, you know, we could list them, but there's no point because they're really not relevant. Uh, Brevin Jordan steps into a Houston offense that is awful, and we know it's going to be awful, but they lack receiving weapons. I mean, they have Brandon Cooks, and what else? Nothing. They drafted Nico Collins in the third round. They drafted Jordan in the fifth round. I mean, the other receivers on that team, we're talking about Randall Cobb, yeah like this is not this is not real receivers so he has an opportunity to step into some playing time he'll have to compete with who even knows jordan akins ancient jordan akins at this point i just think that there's an opportunity here for brevin jordan to see some early playing time if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out uh this is really for tight end premium leagues and in one in regular leagues i usually don't bother with taking a tight end like this but in a tight end premium league especially if you're getting 1.75 per tight, uh, tight end reception so take a shot you know it's worth it he'll have some value if he hits yeah that's the thing he's gonna he's gonna have at least a bye week fill in because any starting tight end can be filled in bye weeks especially with the tight end landscape you're aiming for touchdowns and if there's a good matchup he'd be usable there and there, there's literally almost nothing in that tight end room that's really stopping him besides maybe himself. So uh, he's another guy I'm targeting in the late fourth as well. The, the quarterback is stopping him. That's that's the problem. The, the well, quarterback is the problem. We, again, we don't want to talk yeah. about that quarterback room right now. That's yeah, something. Well, we don't need to talk about it, but that that is what will be stopping him, I think, if something is stopping him. 
Yeah. And I think it was a great, it was a good pass catching tight end. This tight end class isn't that great outside of Pitts. There's some good ones, but no, he definitely fell farther than we expected. There's one good one, and it's Pitts. The other ones, uh, not so much for me. But Pitts, oh, Pitts, you have, I have no idea. I wrote a whole article about Pitts now that you mentioned him. Oh, oh everything was so perfect. I, I do love Kyle Pitts. Not, a, not any, it just makes all the other tight ends look so bad in comparison. But, you know, don't over just because they're not pits doesn't mean you don't want to put them on your team. Yeah, especially deep in your tax squad. Kyle Pitts is a new teammate I'm going to talk about next on this one. It's JV Hawkins. So someone that, again, we're talking about Miles Gaskin was a winner in the draft, but now he's got Dokes, I think could be potential. Hawkins is a UDFA. He's someone more explosive, could play that uh, pass catching role in, well, in the offense. Mike Davis is not good, he's f- serviceable. He's fine. That's what I mean. He's fine across the board. So right now is the only option in there. So I think Hawkins, especially the, I believe they cut Edo Smith. There's not much there. So he's someone that could carve out a role. He's an explosive back, but again, very slim odds, but someone you can pick up off waivers in the fourth round. Again, I'm targeting running backs because if they can get something for nothing, I'm always going to try to get my best shot. Yeah. I, I would prefer to go with Dokes over uh, Hawkins here. Just, just because I think it's more likely that Atlanta decides to sign another running back than the Dolphins. I, I'm very confident that Atlanta will sign another running back, whereas the Dolphins, they already signed Malcolm Brown as that, like, competent veteran. And they have Gaskin as their starter, and they have, you know, Ahmed as well, who played last year, whereas, really, Atlanta has Mike Davis and nothing. Like, nothing, nothing. They have Quadri Allison and Cordero Patterson as their other. I mean, that is nothing. Nothing. Allison has had like 10 carries in his career and Patterson is not a running back. So I I just think that they're going to sign someone significant. I I still think that they're just going to work out their differences with Todd Gurley at some point. Yes, I know that Todd Gurley was sent to the bench, but remember it wasn't this coaching staff that sent Todd Gurley to the bench. It wasn't this GM who got tired of Todd Gurley. So if this new coaching staff decides on Arthur Smith, who loves to run the ball, I just can't imagine that he's going to be satisfied with Mike Davis and a bunch of like nothing. So that's why I would prefer to, to take Dokes. Cause I think he'll definitely make the team. So I, I just have a feeling that the, the Falcons are going to make another move here. I just, I can't see how they don't. I mean, I, I agree that I like Dokes better. That's why I own him more. But I think um, Hawkins is someone just to know the name, to bring up, to bring the idea in that because, it's again, we're talking about deep guys. We're talking about guys going outside the top 48, outside the top 50-plus inside of your rookie drafts. So it's people you can just grab and go or someone just want to take a shot on that could be worth something. So if I lose out on a fourth, I lose out on some fab. I'm not really heartbroken by any means inside my dynasty league. Yeah, yeah, of course. These are all players that are just – purely flyers like you know if if any of them hit it would be a victory we're not not predicting another james robinson you can't predict it those are rare those those are rare i mean james robinson i mean who was the last james robinson Lindsay was the closest one arian foster those are like like the names we you can like attach them we're talking about like those are the three arian foster james robinson those are the three big names philip Lindsay's not the same thing uh, he, was, like, he was an RB one at the time when he was playing uh, and not, not quite the same, but like th- there's no James Robinson every year. You, you get someone decent, like Philip Lindsay, most years you get one, but you know, 
some years you don't get any. In 2019, there was really, unless I'm forgetting about someone, there wasn't, there's no name. I can't come up with one. There was nobody from that class who like kind of flashed like this just out of nowhere. So, you know, this could all be a waste of time, but you never know. There could also be three of them this year. Anything could happen. Last year, there were other guys who were also undrafted. Darnell Mooney, Gabriel Davis, undrafted in a lot of leagues. They hit. So you just never know. Might as well give it a shot because this could be the year that there are more. Maybe it's not. But what do you have to lose? It's We're just trying to give you the best way to someone has fourth and fifth rounders in your league. It might be you. It might be other people. But someone's going to make those picks. And we're just trying to give you the best way to um, invest in those and maybe get that little edge. You always want to stack up those little edges over your league mates. That's how those little edges combine into like a big advantage over tag. That's that is exactly what it is. They all manifest a snowball eventually. That's the that's what we're yeah. trying to do here. You, a lot of times it's nice to get those big hits, but you can't forget about the little hits. Little ones. Along the way that just gets you so much farther ahead. Especially depth is so important in your dynasty. Single move the offense too. Um, perfect. Yeah. So those are those are some kind of sleepers we want to talk about. Those are guys I think we're targeting in our late rookie drafts that we've already targeted. But if you got a couple coming up, or just check your waiver wires for these names just in case they're out there. Now. Coming up next, we're going to be going over some guys really affected by the NFL draft who went up or down going through how's it feeling. But let's hop into what happened. So we're going to go over four names that we think were really affected by NFL draft. A lot of these guys lost a good chunk of value. That's what we want to talk about today and be wary about how we're going about it. If you own these players, and to see if we're actually buying or selling. I think most of these are sells for us. But let's start off with Cam Newton. He was signed to the Patriots back this year to be the presumed starter. And in the draft, they decided to take Mac Jones, which I think was the right call. He fell to them. They paid nothing to get move up to him. What are you doing with Cam Newton right now in your dynasty league? Not have him in the first place. I mean, that's what I was doing. I've been saying that Cam Newton is washed for, I mean, we're, we're talking about a year at the long time that I've been saying Cam Newton is washed. If you looked him, looked at him down the stretch in 2018, he hurt his shoulder. He's never been able to throw the ball since never. He was incapable of throwing the ball in 2018, 2019. He tries to come back. It is a disaster. He can't throw the ball at all. Then he's out for the rest of the season. Then 2020 comes along. He has one good game. And then we have putrid stats the whole year. I don't care about the lack of weapons. It, it wouldn't have mattered who the receiver was because the ball wasn't anywhere near them half the time. So Cam Newton is, is finished. Uh, this is just the nail in his coffin. I, I would just get rid of him. I, I don't want him. I don't know what you can get at this point though. I, I actually just can't. traded him in the middle of a rookie draft. So uh, I can tell me what you got. I got the two ten, which turned into Michael Carter, who actually fell there. So that oh, was, I would, uh, that's not, I mean, I got very lucky with that fall. I trade, I, this is really what I did. I looked for the team that took Mac Jones and I just sent the offer for their second, just trying to see what they got. I didn't know Carter was going to fall there, but that's kind of what happened in that situation. I was just trying to get something for nothing and I was targeting the Mac Jones owner. So that's kind of where I was at with that one. I think that's, I think that's a decent strategy to try to get some kind of second or a couple thirds, just to get them off your roster. And the Mac Jones owner is the only target, I think, in your league that would want him. 
Yeah, maybe. I I don't really know what this class is weak. I said last time there are 19 players in Superflex Titan Premium that I want. That is probably means that that's where I have Cam Newton uh, in terms of rookie picks. I'd take any of those 19 and not everyone else just because I dislike them so much that I'd rather have a quarterback in Superflex that I could just trade for something else even though I think Cam Newton is almost worthless, I just, it is what I'd rather have. I mean, you start when you get into late second in this year, you start to have players like Davis Mills. Like I'd rather have Cam Newton than Davis Mills, just on the off chance that I'm wrong. And Cam Newton reverses three years of decline and somehow comes out and is good. I think that's more likely than the odds that Davis Mills ever does anything in the NFL. So at that point, I would consider it. But so your line is about the 207 is kind of like where you would. Well, I know trade, exactly where it is. Like 19. 19 players I want. And yeah. uh, then he would be, there's a very large gap in between 19 and 20. And he's one of the veterans who falls in that gap in my overall rankings. That's where he is. No, so I totally understand that. Like I said, I was just kind of trying to off my roster and I got really lucky with yeah. that by, by getting the 22nd pick overall and getting a player like that. But I totally agree. If you can get inside that 19 that we talked about in our previous shows and you can go back and listen to those, that's where our line is. I would do that in a heartbeat. But again, I think you have to target the Mac Jones owner. That's the only viable route to take. In my opinion, I don't even think that's going to help. Like that's such Cam Newton's on a one-year deal. He's going to be gone. The people I know who have Mac Jones, they don't want Cam Newton. Like, they're not willing to pay for Cam Newton. They're it's, like, I think it's the only shot you we have. We don't want though. this. No, I think, I think a more likely shot is someone who's desperate, who has like a really good team and has like nothing at quarterback. They, they have maybe they have like two running back ones, three wide receiver ones, and like, you know, let's say like two quarterbacks that are okay and nothing else. Maybe they'll give you their 2022 second and third for Cam Newton to give them a third quarterback like on the team or something. That's the only way I could really see it happening. It's going to be on a very, very strong contender who's super weak at quarterback. Other than that, I just, everyone that I've ever talked to has been like, just no, no interest, whether they have Mac Jones or not, just no interest in Cam Newton at all. None. So if you have Cam, those are the two avenues, but the best thing we can say is always try. That's the Try, only way you yeah. can have because he's going to die on your roster or he's going to die on someone else's. And I'd rather get something for someone I think is going to be yeah. out of the league sooner than later. So going on to the next guy here, um, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, I think is a big faller. He wasn't that high beforehand, but he definitely was the first. He was the first round pick in the NFL draft previously. And now they have another first round pick and another two wide receivers getting taken there. Miles Boykin's dead, so no reason to talk about him. But Hollywood Brown is a big Baller to me. What's your opinion on Holly Brown? Miles Boykin was never alive, so he is not even worth mentioning. But yeah, I, I mean, there's not room for many receivers here. I mean, I don't even think there's room for any. So I don't want receiver B, receiver B on 400 passing attempts doesn't doesn't work for me. I, Which is, I he's he's not even the first target. The receivers are still going to go through Mark Andrews. You have to believe that. That's true. Yeah. So. A receiver B behind another tight end. Like, just it, no, I, I don't want Hollywood Brown. I think Hollywood Brown, my, my only thing I really have to say about Hollywood Brown is I think that he's better than people think. 
but that's not going to help us for fantasy. It's another one of the reasons why I'm very out on Rashad Bateman, because I think that there's just not room for any of these guys to succeed. And I don't think that Hollywood Brown's target share is going away, but with Bateman there, it's not going to be useful either. His so, target share wasn't that great to begin with, so it's... Oh, the target share was really good. The target share was good. The I mean, the share, was, the share of the pie. I mean, the pie yeah, was not very big. the share was good. See, that's what concerns me, is that I don't think people are thinking, oh, Bateman can come in and take, like, 30%. And I'm like, but you think Hollywood Brown's 25% is going to go to zero? I, I, how? That's not going to happen. Like, it doesn't work that way. So I, I just don't see it. So what, I don't, are you, what are you doing with Hollywood Brown right now in your dynasty leagues? If you own him, what are you crying, trying to do? Crying is what I'm doing. I, you should have sold him before the draft. I, you can't sell him now. People are hate. People are hating on Bateman just for this landing spot. And there are some people who are still sticking. He was actually very high in, in rookie ADP. I was very surprised. I'm very out. At, I've, seen, yeah. I've seen him get into the first round a couple of times in some of the he rookie was in, drafts. I mean, he was too high in the rookie ADP that I saw. But people, I'm sure, if, if that's the case, if that's their opinion on Bateman, I'm sure they're completely out on Hollywood Brown. You can't sell him. There's, you're not going to get anything. I, I wouldn't even I try. I think he has turned into one of those roster clogs that you can't trade him because he won't get his value because he's going to outperform whatever people are offering. You don't want to start him, and you can't drop him. There's just no – it's a purgatory estate that you kind of – At to... this point, I legitimately think – that with Hollywood Brown, you're in a Robert Woods situation. I think Hollywood Brown would have succeeded on almost any other team. So I was saying Robert Woods when he was on um, on the Bills, Buffalo. yeah, yeah, four, when he was on of, four years of failure, and then suddenly he leaves and he succeeds. I actually think Hollywood Brown is good, not as good as Rashad Bateman, but good. And I think he would have succeeded on almost any other team. He found the one where he failed. Well, he didn't find him. They picked him. It wasn't his right, choice. Right, but you know, whatever. I know what you mean. Yeah. He landed in the one place where he failed. So the reason why I would not be dropping Hollywood Brown for my roster is that, or, you know, trading him away for nothing is that he's not that old. Like, he turned, so he's going to turn 24 in June. I, if, the, if the Ravens keep doing what they're doing, they're not picking up a $17 million fifth-year option on Holly, they're paying Hollywood Brown $17 million. So he'll be a free agent after 2022. He'll be just turning 26 years old. And I don't know, he looks good on the field. If he were in a real offense, a passing offense, I think he, he could succeed a little bit like we've kind of been waiting on Michael Gallup to get out of that crowded room. Where, where he has better opportunity. I think we'd be waiting on Hollywood Brown to just get out of here and get somewhere else. Cause he, he's not happy with the Ravens offense at all. He spoke out against it during last season. It was a big thing. I, I just think that you can't trade him. Don't even try it, it with Cam Newton. I would have said try because he's going to die on your roster otherwise, but with Hollywood Brown, I don't think you want to trade him. I think you should just keep him. I don't he, think he's, he's one of those holding hope guys. Hold and yep. hope. Yeah, there's there's no there's no way to trade him. How, what are you? No one wants him. Nobody wants him at all. He's a, you're waiting years and you could be waiting years and years to get anything out of him. But the talent's there, so I, I would hold on to him. Yeah, so one of those guys that is going to be sitting there clogging some roster spots. But if he moves on to a good team, 
or better a much better situation of passing offense that can utilize his skill set he could see a resurgence so he's something to keep an eye on over the next few years but not for 2021 if he were on let's say he took mike williams spot on the chargers right now that'd be a good spot you wouldn't want him like you you wouldn't want him like no, I think him. He, right but i think he would be this year ranked as a wide receiver three in fantasy yeah just right now he would just if you just moved him there replaced mike williams with him he'd be a wide receiver three in fantasy so, and he's ranked probably in adp he's gonna be ranked in like the 50s so i'm just saying like don't sell him keep him he is talented i i promise not as good as rashad bateman but i promise he is talented he's just been completely screwed uh speaking of players that kind of got completely screwed after having a good finish to the season and a great season last year uh james robinson the surprise of the draft was travis Etienne going to the jacksonville jaguars throwing a monkey wrench into the udfa hype Tyler's more optimistic on him than most of the community, I think, and definitely myself. So I'm going to let Tyler talk about James Robinson right now. I mean, apparently I'm – it's weird because I think his, his ADP – so this is a good lesson for, for people to learn. ADP does not equal trade value because all it takes is for someone's ADP to rise is for one person who likes him to select him. So James Robinson's ADP – I think, you know, in, in uh, May, it hasn't been released yet, but they mentioned it on the DLF Dynasty podcast, was like, in one QB, it's easier to, to discuss it. It was like in the sixth round. So like, of one QB. So that puts him at like an RB, a, a high-end RB3. And I don't think that that's how most people value him. That's how I value him as a high-end to mid-Dynasty RB3. But I don't think that's how people value him. So I would say to hold on to James Robinson. He's still young. He's just going to turn 23 this summer. What do you? It's to me, this is the same exact thing as Hollywood Brown. I think James Robinson is very talented. You're not going to get anything for him in return. And why trade him? Why? What you're trading away a talented player who's who who actually in this case produced in the NFL at the price you'd have to trade him at is like 30 or 40% lower than what his value could be. And, you know, we've seen first round running backs fail. I mean, Rashad Penny failed. Everyone thought he would overtake Chris Carson and he never did. He failed to do so. So it's possible that Travis Etienne is that I don't think he will be, or it's possible that it's a committee, which I think is more likely than people want to admit and if it's a committee i think that with trevor lawrence this offense can produce a running back two and a running back three which is where i have them ranked by the way i'm not low on etn this is not me saying i don't like travis etn this is me saying i think this offense could be really really good i have etn at dynasty rb 16 so i'm not low on him at all i'm actually higher than him on him the most. So I just think that you want pieces of this Trevor Lawrence offense. And I'm not willing to let someone who produced like James Robinson did as a rookie, just walk off my dynasty team for, for almost no value for a wide receiver of like, who knows what talent. I'm just not going to do that. So I think he's a hold. Yeah. His value is so depressed right now. And he, no matter what, he's going to be the best handcuff 
in the NFL, like in the whole fantasy football landscape. Yeah. He's he's the best handcuff because he also offers standalone value. I don't think it's going to be tra- the Travis Etienne show. It's not going to happen year one. Maybe it could happen if Travis Etienne shows out by midseason, but either way, you're still getting that time with James Robinson, and he won't be lower than the best handcuff in all of fantasy football. So it's something to consider with James Robinson. I'm lower just because I wouldn't really take him in a startup too much. But if I have him, I got him for basically nothing already. And I'm just going to hold him or, yeah, because what are you going to get, a second? I'd rather I mean, James I Robinson tell, a second. I can tell you a trade that went with James Robinson recently. Yeah. I mean, it was so it was James Robinson for Henry Ruggs and, like, a mid-third, which turned out to be, I think, uh, who was it? Turned out to be, I think it was Kenneth Gainwell. I, I'd just rather have James Robinson. Like, or would I? I, I like Ruggs enough, but I wouldn't. I'm, it's one of the guys that someone really use that much. I'd rather have this, like, time bomb of someone that could be a league winner if, if – ETN goes down. I'd rather have those players than like a wide receiver right. seven on my team that I might use in a pinch. And like, I'd rather have someone that can be great for my right. team. And I'm the one who subpar pieces. I'm the one who encouraged this. This was from my Patreon. Like I'm the one who encouraged this buying of James Robinson. Cause I agree. I just felt that rugs was not, just not someone I want. I mean, I don't really want rugs. So I just thought it was better, like you said, to take the potential of a league winner over the uh, maybe Ruggs turns into a wide receiver three. Whoa. That just doesn't do anything. And, you know, late round running back and Kenneth Gainwell fifth round pick doesn't do anything for me. So I'd just rather take my chances. Yeah, so that's one thing James Robinson. If you have him, hold him. If you can get him for that price, like someone that's just sitting on your bench. I think he's a buy. Given what I've seen, I would... I would I would go out and buy. I mean, people are just throwing him away. I I would I would not recommend doing that. I mean, I'd rather just take the risk. That's it, we're talking low investment and the highest upside of like these guys that we always want to have. Those if there's 17 games in a season now, running backs are more likely to get injured. They're the most injury prone position right. across all of it. And why not have the best of the handcuffs over a receiver you might use? Like maybe. People think he's worth a third some people and what? i'm like what like what? you're giving me aj dylan for a third no and obviously i'd rather have james robinson over aj dylan because james robinson has actually done something in the nfl aj dylan has done nothing he had one game one game i know one game i can't say one that I'm, I'm, an, I'm an aj dylan hater so i can't really say too much i just like oh, making that joke. I, mean, I just made it very clear um but yeah again it sounds like if you can get him for thirds go buy james robbins every you can that's, that's i've seen it so that's, that's the dream and in some places in some places it's crazy one more guy we want to talk about um out here in denver where i'm staying is melvin gordon took a big hit he's a little bit older already so he was never was really that high but he was definitely one of those guys people were talking about being a buy this obviously is if you needed that like one year running back and now the um broncos traded up to get javante williams in the second to supplant Melvin Gordon eventually, but I think he has value this year. What is what are we doing with Gordon? Like, what is your opinion on it? I think we're, I think we're in the same boat as a hold situation, but is he the guy this year? I don't know. I probably, but who knows? I I don't really like this offense. It's so bad. But if they trade for Aaron Rodgers, it would be way better. Um, it's still a Drew Lock led offense as of today on the tenth. Oh, it will be a Teddy Bridgewater led offense. <laughs> Drew Lock is not seeing. It's not going to be seeing any. It doesn't snap. make me feel any better about any. No, it's not better. It's it's not better. But 
I can't with your lock, but yeah, sure. Melvin Gordon can't sell him anymore. If you have him, hold him. If you want to sell wait in season, uh, you can't sell him now. If you, if he has a starting role week one, just get him off your team. Then you'll be able to get someone to pay. If he looks like he has the role, everyone's just going to price it as if Javante Williams is the starter, which won't happen week one. I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen either. It's so, it's, it's one, of those, one of those committee situations. He will be like the Philip Lindsay role of last year for a little while at least. Mm-hmm. He has to earn the jump because a player like Melvin Gordon is not he's not a Mike Davis. The only yeah, the only thing I would try is in this case with running backs. I would try to look at um, the uh, manager in the league who has Javante Williams and see if you can get a little bit of a bonus to buy the handcuff. That I would try. Otherwise, forget it. I, I don't think anyone else would be. What are you trying to get for him? I mean, if you're in a rebuild, Gordon is a dead asset. So he's only going to go down in value. He can't go up. So I'm willing to take. It's not a quarterback like Cam Newton was. It's very different. Uh, I'll take almost anything. I, I like. I just know that he's only going to go down. And yeah, I mean, I'd love to get one of those 19 players, but I really, I would be, I would be trying to hold on to until mid season or like till a part of the season and start seeing the running backs go down and try to get like two seconds or a second and a third or something like that. Just because I don't think he's, I think he's gonna be the starter. He's gonna be useful in season to those contending teams and the team that's trying to make a push to get a starting running back. They would pay a second and a third. People People overpay for handcuffs when they shouldn't. That's why I said only bother to talk to that one manager. Don't Until bother season. talking to anyone else. Just talk to that one and just see. Some people really like buying up whole backfields. I don't recommend it personally. It's not my style, but there are some people who are really into that. And they're willing to overpay to like secure the backfield. And you never know. I would talk to that person, try to get a next year second is enough yeah. for me and I would just move on. If you can't get it, I wouldn't bother talking to the other 10. Just wait until in season. And if he comes out week one, has the role, then you'll be able to sell him. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things. He's he's a hold unless you get the Javante player that wants to buy him. I still think he's going to have value. If you're a contending team, it's not terrible to keep him because he's still most likely going to have the job. Uh, I don't I recommend be, it, though. I, I don't be, recommend it because he's going he's gonna to lose the job when it matters. He's going to lose the job when it matters in the playoffs, fantasy playoffs. He's not going to have the job. So, when, but, when but it's it's one of those things you don't you don't still don't want to force it by any means. Like anything could happen from here and there. I wouldn't want to force it too much. And you never know how deep it needs to be because Javante could just get hurt, and then Melvin Gordon is the useful one for your um maybe for your push. But I would be very careful. I'm I'm not buying Melvin Gordon. I wouldn't buy him. I'm saying if I have him, I already I, I'm a contender and I already have him on my team. But then I'm, I'm not, not trying to force him. him off. That's what I mean. I'm not trying to force him off. That's all I'm talking not about. selling him if I have him already as a contender, and I'm not buying him if I don't have him at all, like in any yeah. circumstance. So the only way that it's relevant is if I have him on my team and I'm not a contender. That, that's the only move you have to make. Otherwise, I, you just don't either hold him or don't bother with him. He's, he's a holder or a dump, pretty much the best way to talk about this. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're in a rebuild, just dump him, get what dump you can, because he's going to be falling off a cliff of value very, very, very soon, as soon as midseason, maybe, 
or even start of the season. But I, mean, I, I do think I do predict them having him be the lead back, at least for the first few weeks on that one. Javante could come out on training camp and win the job, but I don't I don't see it happening. I don't think so. I, I, I would be very surprised if he came out and led the backfield week one. I that would surprise me. I I just started doing my redraft rankings and I, I struggled with the Broncos backfield a lot. You'll start to hear about that on the pod, by the way. Uh, I do so. I don't formally rank for redraft anywhere, but you'll I do it on the side just for myself, just to kind of give an idea of what's going on. You might start to hear a little bit about where I have guys just for this year, how I would draft. Just toss that in there to help people, especially people going like contenders who care about uh, this year's value. So you might start to hear that from time to time. I'm working on, I just did like a first pass. And I, I, that was one of the things I struggled with the most was how to rank the Broncos backfield. I just, no matter where I ranked them, I just wasn't happy with either Gordon or Williams ranking. Yeah, Williams, I think, is definitely a great dynasty asset. But as far as 2021, he's going to be very frustrating to own. And <laughs> it's, use. So, it's so hard to rank him because, like, if I rank him where I think he's going to finish, I have to rank him in the 40s. And I just don't, I don't want to do that because the potential is just so high. So it's just one of those players that no matter where you rank him, it's going to be probably he's not going to be right. It's not going to feel right. So I, I just I do want to stress that it is a difficult situation and something that uh, monitor. This is one where you need to monitor the reports out of Broncos camp. Like what is going on? Who's taking the first team reps? Who looks good? How, how happy are they with Melvin Gordon as their starter? I would follow this very closely because it's going to matter. That and the Broncos it, are actually one of the more honest beat reporters we've seen. So a lot of times, like one of the biggest things, I talked about Philip Lindsay a few times, but Philip Lindsay was one of the guys they were talking about a lot in camp, and he ended up winning it off. So they really do, like Broncos are ones you really want to listen to reports. Sometimes it's like you pinch us all, but I think the Denver, the way they post about it, is very yeah, they're, they're not like Seattle or New Orleans where you can just take everything they say and just throw it in the dumpster fire. You don't need to pay. You don't even need to listen to what they say. But Denver, uh, Pittsburgh are a couple of the very honest ones. Yeah, and I think, I think this would be a good show for another time to talk about that, what ones we listen to, what ones we don't when it comes to training. Yeah, you can go on that. It's, in the summer, we'll do that show when yeah. everything is very quiet. That, that's actually a good show to do. Yeah, so to get excited for that one, that was an idea that just came up to my head. I'm like, that's really important, it. people, to know, understand where their information is coming from and what it. sources are actually important to listen to and not just hearsay. But that's what we have going on today, talking about with all these players, how they affected your roster, and some of these sleepers you should be aiming for that could just help you inch either getting value, which is something we always shoot, try to get, or push you towards the championship, which is always the end game goal of any league. Tyler, any closing thoughts on this one? Just keep working hard. Just because your rookie draft is over doesn't mean that trading has stopped. You should still be trading. You should still be trying to improve your team. You should still be making moves. You know, don't don't just log in for the rookie draft and then log out. That that you won't win. You're not going to win dynasty that way. You always have to be active. You always have to be exploring all opportunities, all avenues to improve your team. And uh, I, I pretty much say that every week. But now I feel like it's one of the most important times to reiterate that. To, to piggyback on that, this is a time you want to be extra active because you know your league is there. A lot of times we can be, you can be here or there as people pop in and out. But during the rookie drafts, where you want to get those trades at least going or at least finalized because you never know when they're going to disappear for a little while in the lull that we have. The rookie drafts is the time to really solidify your roster 
because everyone is active. And that's the way to do it before the um, season starts. You're right. Yeah. The rookie draft, the rookie draft, August, and like the first two months of the season and the trade deadline are the busiest times. June, July, and most of like February and March, very few people are paying. I mean, maybe the hardcore people who are listening to the spot are probably paying attention, but a lot of people check out when there's not a lot going on. So CJ's totally right. Take advantage of when everyone's logged in to make their picks to make those trades while you have everyone to talk to and they're actually answering your messages. So I totally agree. It's the best thing that you can do is, again, stay active, stay ahead of the game. But thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.